I've been watching a million videos about how to do this. And these people have such amazing talent. And I learned this last week that I don't. <laughs> because a lady gave me some odds and ends, vases and candle holders and things, and I thought, well, before, because Audrey asked me about this, if, if it would be okay to do this, and I said it would be phenomenal, it would be great, because I talk about what I've seen all the time. So I very discreetly set it up in my kitchen and sat down at the bar and put out papers so I wouldn't get paint everywhere, put an apron on so I wouldn't get it all over me. And they're the ugliest things you've ever seen. <laughs> So that's not where my talent lies, I will tell you right now, but I think it'll be a lot of fun. And I also want to say that if I didn't say one more word this morning, you will have heard everything that is in here already. Unbelievable set of songs, set of the Holy Spirit among us, the words that came from the Lord, oh my goodness, what a message. But I do have a message I want to bring this morning, and I won't hold you very long so we can get to the, to the uh, business at hand. I'm going to be speaking from two passages of Scripture. And in a few minutes, we're going to go to Luke chapter 17. But first, we're going to go to Leviticus chapter 14, and I'm not going to read every, all of it, I'm just going to refer to it and recite it, but you can follow along in Leviticus 14 if you'd like to. And Father, I just ask your magnificent presence on this portion of our service, as well as what you've poured upon us, Lord, before now. In Jesus' name, amen. So, in Leviticus chapter 14, this is literally the premier leper cleansing chapter of the Old Testament. It deals with God's instructions to Israel and to the priest for how to deal with leprosy. First of all, the leper had to be removed from his town or socially distanced. He was outcast, and the priest had to make a journey out of the town to the outskirts, wherever the leper happened to be, in order to perform his duties as a priest for the cleansing of the leper. First, he would take two clean birds one that was slain as a sacrifice, and the other one was to be kept alive and would be released at the end of the first portion of the cleansing ritual. The leper had to be virtually stripped of his identifying features. He had to shave off all of his hair, all of his beard, even his eyebrows had to go. He couldn't enter his own tent for at least seven days, and he had to strip off all of his clothing and wash them 
under running water and wash himself to cleanse his, himself. On the eighth day of the ritual of the cleansing process, the priest was to take the leper back to town to the door of the tabernacle. And the priest shall take two spotless male lambs and one spotless female lamb for the trespass offering. And he would take the flour and the oil for the wave offering and the anointing before the Lord. And at the door of the tabernacle, the priest would slay one of the male lambs and offer it before the Lord for the trespass offering. And then he would wave the flower and the oil before the Lord as the wave offering. Verse 13 says, And the lamb shall be the offering for sin, for the sin of leprosy, and it is most holy. And then the priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering of that spotless lamb, and he shall apply it to his right ear, his right ear, his right thumb, and his right big toe. And then he'll apply the oil. He pours it in his hand first, and he sprinkles it seven times over the leper. And then he pours the remainder of it from his head down to his toes for the cleansing. And during this process, the priest is making atonement for the leper. That's his job. Then he'll take the second lamb and he'll put it upon the fire for the burnt offering. And then in chapter 14, verse 20, it says, And the priest shall offer the burnt offering and the meat offering upon the altar, and the priest shall make an atonement for him, and he shall be clean. Just after this account, it says that if a man is poor and he cannot afford the spotless lamb, he can't afford the expensive birds or the flour and the oil for the wave offering and the anointing, God made another way for him. He can offer less than the expensive expensive things that were required and still be pronounced clean. Look at verse 31 and 32. Even such, even such as he is able to get, whatever he can muster up, the one for the sin offering and the other for the burnt offering and the meat offering, and the priest shall make an atonement for him that is to be cleansed before the Lord. This is the law of him in whom is the plague of leprosy, whose hand is not able to get that which pertaineth to his cleansing. Even though the leper has no wealth, no power, no purchasing power, God made a way for him to be cleansed Anyway, what a beautiful analogy. Oh, 
I'm just so moved and thankful for this grace and mercy that Father God made a way even when we are unable to get that which pertaineth to our own cleansing. Through his mercy, he made a way for us to be clean anyway. We can bring whatever we have, our worldly dulled senses, whatever it is, and he will cleanse. We see the beauty and the symbolism here that the loving Father provided us the perfect spotless lamb and we didn't have to pay for it. That once and for all sacrifice. But after all, leprosy was both a spiritual and a physical disease. And the sacrifice that God prepared covered both. Just like we heard in the words this morning, bring it all, not just sin, but all of it. And we see Jesus as our high priest who was touched by the infirmities just like we have been. And he alone holds the power and the authority as our high priest to make atonement for us. Then if you would turn just quickly to Luke 17. This might be the shortest message I've ever brought. <laughs> That's okay. It packs the punch in my, in my humble opinion. In Luke 17, 11 through 19, the 10 lepers, they knew better because the Talmudic law had taught them the protocol for lepers. They knew better than to get too close to Jesus. The law said they had to stay 300 feet away from other people. And if I'm not mistaken, that's three football fields stacked together. Is that right? Three times 100 yards? That's 300, three football fields length. And they had to raise their voice to be heard because of the distance. Yet they were forbidden to, to call out to people. They weren't supposed to do that. But in order to be heard, they shouted. This one said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. You know, I believe in my heart that even if they hadn't raised their voice, if they had whispered, Jesus would have heard their cry. And they said, Master, have mercy on us. You know what Jesus said? He gave them a command. He didn't respond in any way other than saying, go, show yourselves to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were healed. They obeyed the command, the simple word of the Lord. Verse 15 says, And of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back. And with a loud voice, now he's clean. He doesn't have to stay 300 yards or yeah, yards away. He can call out to the master. 
and he gave him praise and he glorified God. And it says in verse 16 that he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Do you see that? And Jesus commented that none of the others save this stranger the Samaritan, the outcast, the dregs of society, if you will. He's the only one that turned back and said, thank you, I appreciate what you've done for me. I needed your mercy and you gave it to me in my time, in my time of need. He was no longer an outcast, neither socially nor physically because he was cleansed. In Exodus 16 and 2, the Bible says that the whole congregation of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. But in chapter 15, 26, God said, if you will diligently hearken to my voice and do right and keep my commandments, I will put none of these diseases upon you, Israel, which I have brought to Egypt, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Like the lepers in Luke 17, we don't earn the blessings of God, but we do have a part to play. Had they not gone and and showed themselves to the priest, they wouldn't have received their healing. But they obeyed the voice of the Lord. We spoke about this last week when Jesus said, I'd rather you have mercy than sacrifice. Jesus is so merciful. He had grace and mercy for all ten lepers. Even only only the one came back to give him thanks. They all got the same blessing. And Jesus noticed it. I thought about there might have been some reasons why the others didn't come back. Reasons that we might find all too familiar to us in our feeble human thinking patterns. Maybe they didn't think it was necessary, or they were too busy, or they had somewhere else to go, or they didn't know what to say or how to say it. Maybe they didn't feel comfortable in the presence of Jesus. They didn't know him that well. They didn't want to bother him, or they just took it for granted that it was his job to heal them. I don't want any of these lame excuses to stand in my way of reaching Jesus, of obeying and hearing and obeying his word to me. I don't want any of these reasons, these excuses to crop in and say, well, it's not your time, or he's too busy. He told us this morning it's not just sin that we bring to him, but it's even our worldly, dulled senses that we can bring. Both 
our spiritually, as Don said, and our physically dulled senses. Will you stand with me this morning? I want to go to the Lord in prayer before we transition the service. Father, we're just so thankful this morning that you made a way for those of us who had no way to get our own cleansing. But Lord, you provided our high priest and he alone has the power and the authority to atone for sin and provide the healing both spiritually and physically to our bodies. How thankful we are for that unthinkable sacrifice. And Lord, as I said, help me, help us, Lord, always to recognize and be thankful for this unbelievable, unthinkable mercy and atonement that you've provided to us, even when we couldn't get our own. Oh God, don't let us become complacent. Don't let us become too self-settled or too self-centered or anything else to do with self that we can't remember. And thank you, Lord, for your blessings, for your mercy, and for your atonement. And we ask, O oh God, that this word find a place to settle in our hearts and in our minds that we remember it and we carry it with us throughout this week. And Father, I pray as we come together before you as a body of believers and as a unified church that you would bless and anoint and make possible the business that we have to do before us today. In Jesus' precious name, amen and amen.